0: Today we have Nicola Oshin IK on the show. She is the founder and lead trainer at Audit Data Hub, where she provides dedicated training to help auditors that are new to analytics. Uh, A bit of an unconventional route to how Nicola is to where she is now. She used to design aircraft as a mechanical engineer before moving on to IT consultancy at Accenture. And then I guess that was about 12 years ago before she got into internal audit and since then she has been helping folks understand analytics so some of the things that we talk about is why audit isn't using analytics and what nicola is doing to help with that problem um if we were to audit ourselves what would we say is the reason we're using analytics? That's one question that we asked Nicola, I thought that was very interesting. And then obviously not everybody's going to be the developer, coder, writing scripts type data analytics person on the team that's completely reasonable. I think we need to set expectations that that's not going to be the case. And so we asked Nicola for those people, um, what is their role within audit and analytics? And then lastly, we talk about the first step in developing data literacy. So I think that could kind of point to the, the question around, hey, I'm not the hardcore data analytics person, but I need to have some level of data literacy in order to support those folks and to get the most from our data. For more from Nicola, if you'll check out auditdatahub.com or connect with her on LinkedIn, I think we say this towards the end of the show, but she's Nicola's probably one of the best folks to follow on LinkedIn as far as data literacy goes, the barriers to audit using analytics and, and so on. So I highly recommend uh, to connect with her on LinkedIn as well as check out again, the website auditdatahub.com. Here we go. I've been trying to find the answer to this question for a while myself. And I know just in kind of our talkings and even seeing some of the content that you've put out, you have spoke to it really well. So I want to ask you, why is an audit using analytics and what are you doing to get it there?
1: Um, I think it's a tough question, which is pretty much the reason the progress has been kind of slow. Um, but I think we're being a bit hard on ourselves and being a little bit unrealistic, to be honest. Um, and I think the main, one of the big reasons is, audit is very process driven, right? We are learnt to kind of look at patterns, we are learnt to look at what risks we are seeing in the business and compare that to frameworks. But when you look at analysing data, it's the complete opposite it's very experimental, Um, the place you start at the beginning may not be the place that you end up with. And I think that requires a different kind of culture and a different kind of thought process. Um, And I think what may be happening is people are hearing that we should be using data over and over again, but I just don't think they really know what that means and how to actually go about doing it. So what kind of happens is everybody talks about data. Everybody says how important it is, but the reality is once they hear that, they go back to their day job and continue sample testing. So I think there's a bit of a lack of reality in in what it takes to actually get there.
0: Yeah, I agree, especially when you're talking about like it's it's top of mind. It's what everybody's talking about. And it seems like every kind of audit survey, no matter what vendors putting it on, it's always like analytics, top of the list, analytics, top of the list. I mean, it's been like that for years. And then you talk to folks and you're like, yeah, we're not really doing anything with it. Um, And I think it's because it's hard. Also, I think a lot of people think you get the tool and that's where you start. And that's really probably, uh, well, it's actually not the best place to start. So I see that. And then that's why uh, some of them fail. If we were to audit ourselves, what would we say is a reason we aren't using analytics?
1: Um, I think we would probably come to the conclusion that we may be just too afraid to fail. Hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. Um, I think as auditors, we feel that we should know it all. We are the checkers and it kind of feels like how can the checkers be making the mistake? And I think that leads to no progress because that the whole principle of learning something new is that you're going to make a mistake. That's the only way to learn. And I think maybe if, you know, leaders and the team culture don't openly embrace experimenting, trying new things, the fact that mistakes will happen, but that's okay. And it's about trying that that's, that that's recognized. Nobody will try. Everybody will just bury their heads in continuing to deliver Um, you know, they're knocking out multiple audits at the same time, but analytics is moving nowhere. And if no one's really calling it out, that's probably part of the reason there is such slow progress.
0: Yeah. And there's going to be some failure, right? That's what you're saying. Even, even if, I mean, look, Facebook and Netflix and Google, they didn't get it right the first time and they're still getting it wrong uh, to some degree as they scale it and uh, uh, move analytics even more horizontal So I think that's a great point that the expectation that it's not going to be perfect is one that we should have so that when it does go wrong, we don't go, oh, it's analytics and it didn't work and there's no way to make it work. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think it's about, sorry, I was going to say it's about setting expectations Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes if, um, you know, somebody may go on like a one day training course come back to the office and suddenly they're the data analytics guru and for somebody that's never done it before i'd be terrified so i think it is about setting expectations this will take time but one step is better than zero steps i think it's about encouraging small small progress
0: yeah i really like that uh but there are the auditors that aren't going to be they're going to go do the training and then realize you know what this really isn't me like it doesn't fit me and my brain because it is different like you were talking about it's not just like a process it's it's a, a trial and error kind of thing and maybe it doesn't make their brain happy that's what I like to tell people like it makes my brain happy to do like analytics I like to solve the problems and everything but I completely understand that that's not everybody so for those people what is their role relative to analytics within audit
1: um I think uh similar to the kind of expectations I think the term analytics has got maybe negative connotations for some people so I think analyzing data can be as simple as comparing two cells to each other like that's it and I, I don't think it's about Analytics being for some and not for others. I think the reality is if you are um, looking at how risks are being managed and you're not looking at the data, you're, you're only looking at the surface of what is going on. So I would really challenge how well you can continue to do your job by not looking at the data. So I think it's less about whether data analytics is for everybody, but to the degree. So I think, no, not everybody needs to be coding and doing R and Python and that kind of thing. But yes, I think the average auditor should be able to recognize what data would help them prove what they're trying to test. Get that data and be able to do very simple Excel calculations, compare, maybe looking at really simple averages, mm-hmm. just looking at outliers. But the principle that you're looking at the whole data set and not just a sample of 10 is moving you forward.
0: Yeah. And the communication is huge between those folks. So if you have the dedicated data analyst or the dedicated data team, and then the operational folks, for the operational folks to be able to say, um, hey analytics folks I need you to do this for me or if the analytics person develops something to be able to communicate hey this is what you know this is what this spreadsheet is and this is what it means and this is how you you can or should be using it um, for your auditor to get the results.
1: I think um the, the the way that I like to look at data is is evidence so yeah. essentially if you have a excel spreadsheet which gives you all of the dates that all purchase orders in the last year were authorized, that's data. Mm -hmm. But that's also evidence. So without it, I'm just not sure how you can say that something's well managed or not.
0: That's a really good point. I think a good way for folks to understand it as evidence, because that's what we talk about in audit is the evidence or the support or, you know, whatever colloquially uh, people call it. But what is the plain English approach to what data analytics is? Like simplify it for us, because it's not, always like a concrete thing, unless you see maybe the results and you go, okay, that's analytics. Um, What is the, what's a way to simplify it for us?
1: Um, I mean, when, when I do training, I try to kind of give a fairly simple um, definition. So I would say that data analytics are the range of techniques used to interrogate data to make decisions. Simple as that, that the whole point of analyzing data is to help you make better decisions. If the output doesn't help you do that, it's kind of only half done its job. So I would move it back to what are you testing? If you are testing how effective an authorization process is, you can, you've can. you got your first data question. So I, th- I think it is just about looking at it in terms of what am I trying to test? How can data help? And how can it help me to make better decisions?
0: Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We wanna say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. And you talked about techniques, analytics techniques, and I think that might be where some people go, what's a technique? I would say, I mean, just a pivot table in Excel is a technique. You're aggregating the data. You can see the top 10, bottom 10, whatever, uh, whatever kind of makes sense there. But From my perspective, I think a lot of people think of analytics as this, like, well, we can't do it because it's so technical and so outside of our um, competencies. And yeah, a pivot table is analytics, but also, like, if you really, really want to do it, you got to be able to scale that up um, across multiple systems and then obviously apply other techniques to it. But I think, you know, people understanding that just a pivot table is a form of analytics Um, can maybe help understand what analytics really is. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think maybe there's a couple of ways to look at it. So like I think using a pivot table really helps you look at the data better. So (laughs) it groups it in a way that makes it easier for you to see if there's something strange going on. So I think it's about grouping. So even something as simple as having a spreadsheet with um, lots of financial data and then sorting it by amount. You can instantly see, is there really high amounts or are there really low amounts that you should be concerned about? So sorting is a type of interrogation. Type of technique. Or, Yeah, is a technique. Right. Or say, for example, comparing. So you might have two dates and you want to compare one date with the other to maybe see if an authorization was perhaps backdated. That is interrogating or a technique you're just comparing one cell with another and the analytics part comes with the fact that you're comparing it down the list with hundreds and hundreds of transactions rather than just 10 so i think you know there are some very simple techniques you know very simple maths calculations such as one take away another What is the amount? Is it bigger or smaller? So I think it's rather than thinking about it as this very technical thing that has nothing to do with me. I think it is using that curiosity and going, well, what part of analytics can I get involved with? And I think we do have a responsibility to not just ignore it and actually to find an element that we can take part in.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned curiosity. That's one of the things I say is kind of one of the the foundational characteristics of an analytics person and audit in general is curiosity. Um, That's not to say if you don't have the curiosity, you can't, but I, you know, you could say that it's a blocker. uh, If you don't have that, what, what in your opinion are some other blockers of why people aren't using analytics?
1: Um, Yeah. The fear, like I mentioned, that's also a big one. Um, I think it it, it can be really challenging to actually get the data. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people just, it becomes too hard, too quickly, and it kind of stops. So I think that hurdle is just about advanced planning, kind of knowing where the data that you need actually is, and using those kind of normal audit relationship building to kind of convince people to give you access. So um, I think that's also a big one. Um, Maybe slightly controversial. I think the slight issue is to be quite frank, the status quo is acceptable. Mm. I, I think that's the reality. Um, I mean, if you uh, work in tech and you decided that you were no longer gonna do any training, you weren't gonna upskill in cloud or any emerging technology, you'd find it really hard to get a job. I mean, th- that that's the reality. Right. And I think at the moment, no matter how much we talk about data analytics, you don't require it to get a job It isn't mandated through the standards as such. Um, It's not something that's really measured. It's quite hard to progress in something that isn't really measured. So I think at the moment, without it being said, the status quo is acceptable, and I think that's a big blocker to progress.
0: Yeah. And so to come back to the folks that aren't going to be actually executing the analytics, they're not going to know R, Python, or some of the you know scripting languages and the other tools. how do they understand data? Is it is it does it boil down to just data literacy? Is there anything you're doing with data literacy to help with that?
1: Yes, I'm trying to as part of my training. Um, I try to help um, people understand what data represents. So I I found. Um, quite a lot of the training courses that were on the market were very tech driven and they kind of started with a kind of understand uh, an expectation that people knew what certain things were. Um, As a fellow data analyst, I don't think we realize how much we do without thinking about it. So I've tried to break it down into real steps as to how we think about it. So I kind of start people off by kind of saying, You know, if you look at a business process, what does the data represent? So, you know, a small example, um, if you're looking again, at kind of procurement, you know that if you have a blank authorization field, that means that hasn't been authorized or maybe it means that you've got some poor controls in your IT system and there's data quality. But I think it's more about thinking about when humans interact with IT systems, they create data. And what does that data represent? And once you get that, then you can start to go, well, how can I use that meaning to answer questions? So I try to teach people to think about data in real terms, rather than this arbitrary data, it's just data, data, but no one's explaining what data really is. (laughs) Yeah.
0: In teaching people data literacy and teaching analytics, what is the first step in learning analytics or in you teaching it?
1: Um, so the first um stage to learn in anything's data literacy is about the data objective. So what is the question that you are trying to solve with data? So I kind of teach people to kind of have it as a structure. So it normally has what, how, when, and how many in it. So kind of uh, how many purchase orders have not been authorized, before purchase in the last 12 months. So it's kind of breaking down sen- sentences into the what, how, you know, how many, when. So it gives you structure in terms of what data you need. So that's kind of the first stage. It's it's kind of really understanding what you're trying to test. And then I also teach people to um, challenge data. So instead of looking at a statistic and kind of just going, that must be correct, it's being curious and going, okay, well, where did that come from? What does that tell me? Is that enough for me to make a decision? So I kind of run through different examples of how you can actually challenge data to help you set the context of what it actually means. Um, and then the next phase is really about the, the really basic um, t- interrogation. So comparing data, looking at averages, and then also looking at trends. There is so much you can get from just a graph. So you can see that something's rising significantly or falling significantly, that, that tells the story. Um, and the last part of data literacy is about communication. So it's about, it, it sounds weird, but there is, a language of data. So it's being able to say, look, here's the actual statistics, but this is what it means in terms of the business. So I teach them those four components.
0: Yeah. And every communication does sound odd, but every analytics book that I've read and talks about, especially building out a team of analytics folks, or, okay, if you have your your data engineer, your architect, your analyst, your data scientist, the communication between not only them, but then the communication to the business of this is what this actually means is always one of the the qualities listed. It, you know, it's always like, well, they got to know this, you know, these programming languages and got to be able to do this. And then it's always like communication you just go communication really, it's a super, super techie thing. They need to communicate, but it's huge.
1: It's everything. And some technical people are really bad at it. So, you know, I, so yeah, right. We've, we've come across those ones. Um, and I think it is really just about, I, I don't know, I, I kind of label it as digital confidence. So it's, it's less about being absolutely an expert and the techni- you know, technical expert in AI and um, cyber and all of those, it's not about that. It's about being digitally confident. And I'm just not sure if we can't jump the hurdle of data analytics, how are we gonna jump the hurdle of AI? And robotics, and how are we going to confidently challenge those kind of areas of tech in in the organization if we, we can't even get our head around basic data analytics? And I think that that for me is the concern.
0: Nice, Nicola. Thank you a lot for coming on. It was fantastic. Of course, I always enjoy talking analytics, and your perspective has been fantastic. You're probably one of the best follows on LinkedIn, in my opinion, as far as why we aren't using analytics and what we can do to use analytics. So I highly recommend. Uh, people follow you there. But is there anything that you want to leave the audience with?
1: Um, I think I've definitely recognized that there is a real appetite for learning data analytics across the board. But I think there are a lot of people in kind of developing countries and those that have to kind of self-fund that are really struggling to access this training because you know, not everybody can afford kind of West, Western prices. Um, so I'm trying to recognize that audience. So I'm working on um, a kind of self paced learning, which is video based, which is going to be much um, more suitably to be priced for those that are looking to self fund, or for those from developing countries. So I'm really excited about getting that moving as well.
0: What is there on your website that you want people to go do? Or what action do you want people to take?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely at the moment. So all the services that I offer are on my website, um, but I, I'm kind of working on the, um, the meet demand at the moment. Mm. So if you're interested in learning data analytics, or you just want to learn more, just head over to the website or contact me on LinkedIn. There's a really simple um, contact us um, form and you can fill it out and I'll get back to you. So it's just about getting in touch and starting that conversation. So the website is www.auditdatahub.com.
0: Perfect. All right, Nicola, that was fantastic. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thanks, Trent. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from The Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.